but cockroaches were the least of her problems. Heidi had to fight for every opportunity. You know, Heidi is, even though she's very kind of sweet and innocent. Heidi wanted out of the slum, and her agent wasn't doing enough. Oh my God, they moved Heidi right next to me now. Although Heidi seems serene. She is, she's a bit naughty. She uses an ancient folk remedy to help calm her down. Heidi is back. Friday and Josh Gilbert is back. Heidi Glaus here. Connor also here on the board. Welcome back, my friend. You've been missed. Hi, guys. Yeah, and you are in the other studio. I really haven't said anything other than you've been under the weather. So if you want to share more, feel free. Oh, that's so funny because when you were out. I, you told everything. I told everybody. Yeah, everything. I know. That's, you know, we're the yin and the yang. Right. Uh, I had COVID. For yeah. the third or fourth time. And did it knock you back? I mean, I know day one you were pretty out. Uh, yes. So I kind of can tell at this point when I when I have it. Yeah. Because it's just uh, the the worst exhaustion you can imagine. So the the symptoms have been the same for you each and every time? Uh, yeah. Hmm. And there really wasn't that much of a... Cold aspect to it. I got a little cough here. You know, my nose is running, but it's it's always running. It was just such severe exhaustion. Yeah, and you know, you could tell. And, and I nobody think, else in the house got it. Nope. And the just last you. time I had it, I think I had it last summer. And the last time I had it, nobody else got it but me. Or maybe I'm just the only one who takes a test. Ah, uh, well, you know, maybe. Well, we're glad you're back and feeling better. Let me tell people what we have coming up because. Uh, got a pretty jam-packed show at 3:30 there is this really weird interesting slightly creepy story coming out about eBay and just flat out harassing a couple that i guess had criticized them on their own Website. So we'll talk to the reporter on this story. We'll also check in with Ike Ajachi, uh, the spending bill to avoid a government shutdown. Are we going to make that? And when I say we, will Congress actually sign it and we'll be able to move on with business as usual? In the 4 o'clock, you know the drill on Fridays. Mike Ward is here, and we're kind of continuing our theme from Last week, since it's January, a lot of people doing a dry January, maybe a reset January, maybe a semi-dry January. Mike has a couple suggestions that are better for you, and uh, we'll go over those. We'll also check in with ABC Entertainment reporter Jason Nathanson. Mean Girls 
it's back. Is it as good as the original? I mean, what, we have a movie now, we have a musical, and now we have a movie that is a musical, and Tina Fey is behind all of them. We'll get Jason's take on that. And then at o'clock, we got the top five at five. We've got some entertainment news, and then we'll wrap this show up with some randoms. Today is a pretty big day in St. Louis history, at least in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but I remember where I was. 17 years ago today, the discovery of two kidnapped boys in that Kirkwood apartment. I mean, shocked not only St. Louis, but the entire world 17 years ago. I mean, it would later become known as the Missouri Miracle, but I don't don't know that anybody, minus maybe Sean Hornbeck's family, thought that he would still be alive after four years. Of course, Ben Ombi had been missing for just four days when both of the boys were found in Michael Devlin's apartment. We were actually skiing in Colorado and had come in for a break, the entire family. And I remember breaking news coming up and saying that Sean Hornbeck and Ben Ombi had been found, and it just... Stopped you in your tracks. I mean. Even this was on Colorado? Oh, it was national news. I mean, this was a big deal. Of course, uh, Michael Devlin, as he should be, is serving a life sentence in prison for their kidnapping and other crimes. But, wow, what a shocking day. 17 years ago since the Missouri miracle. I was working at Worldwide at the time. Um, and just working in a cubicle, and everybody's head popped up, you know? Like, what do they say? It's groundhogs? Yeah. Um, Everybody's head popped up and kind of looked around and said, oh, my God, did you know? Did you see this? I didn't know anything of the story because I think when, when Sean was abducted, I was down at Mizzou. Yeah. And... Maybe I wasn't getting the local reports or just... Well, you know, Sean's mom and dad were even on Oprah. I mean, it was a national story when Sean Hornbeck went missing. But the more I hear the story and the more I learned about it, it is unfathomable. Uh, Just can't believe that that actually happened, you know, that he was still alive. He had been there this whole time. Thank God the FBI received that tip about a white pickup truck. From that that kid. Yeah, while searching for its owner, which then led them to the Kirkwood Emos, where Devlin was the manager. And then, as I mentioned, the boys were then found in his apartment. And uh, what is it? uh, What did I hear Carney say? 60th anniversary of Emos uh, is this year. I feel like. You can't drive past a Kirkwood Emos and not think of that story. Yeah. And I feel like they are uh, unfortunately tied to it. For <laughs> tied to this story. That. And didn't he work at a at a funeral home? I don't know. As well, and where are those apartments? You know, I feel like it's one of those things. Back in North County, growing up, we talked about Bubblehead Road, Heidi. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but if you're from North County, if Darren's listening. He knows exactly what I'm talking about, Bubblehead Road, but nobody could decide which road was actually Bubblehead Road. I have and no idea what you're talking about. It was this thing where you're not supposed to drive down at night because the bubbleheads come out and get you. Uh, was there any truth to it, or this is something that people no, just made up? This was like, you know, what are some of those other? Oh, 
Oh, there's so many of them. When I grew up, there was supposed to be this woman who would stand in her window naked and everybody would try to go buy that house occasionally. <laughs> you know, and it's but like, But that wasn't what? made up. Well, I don't know if it was or not. Who that knows? Was, that was old Hazel. Yeah. Our friend Susan, 17 years since those boys were found, remember it well, too. I passed that apartment complex every day well, on my way to work. That's what I was going to say. Every apartment complex I drive past in Kirkwood. You wonder, is I, that oh, one? Oh, is that, was that the one? So I don't even know which one it is. And um, we used to have um, Scott Sherman on uh, the Big 550 KTRS. He was our legal beagle at the time, years ago. And I think he was one of the lawyers for Sean Hornbeck. And anytime you would ask him a question, he would say, you just don't want to know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know. No. Your your morbid curiosity, I get it, but you don't want to know any of the answers. So at one point, I just stopped asking questions because uh, it really is such a tragic case. Oh, yeah. But, and, I mean, last time I checked, and it's been quite a while, Sean Hornbeck is living a pretty normal life, and, you know, he's been able to make that transition. 40 out. Eight hours did a story on it. Check out that out. Devlin worked at Bob Chapel in addition to emails, according to somebody from the 314. Yeah. And they said the bobbleheads um, were really just a boy's home. Nobody was supposed to go down there because at night they turned into bobbleheads. And it may it was either uh, Spanish Lake Road at the end of it. There was a boy's home, uh, which runs right up to the river or up by Sioux Passage Park. There was a road. That people called the Bubblehead yeah. Road. Somebody else said it's like Goon Road in Fairview Heights. There's always one of them. I mean, doesn't matter how small the town is or how big the city is. There are always kind of those stories <laughs> of where you shouldn't go after dark. Somebody said they knew Michael Devlin when uh, he was in Webster High School. He delivered pizza for the emails in Webster Groves to my house many times uh, with pizza. Surprised me. Again, Emo is saying, we had nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, those apartments are on homes, apparently. Homes. Yeah. Okay. I, do, I don't want to know. I yeah. don't want to know. You don't want to get too deep into things like no, that. No, you don't. I'll tell you, this is interesting, though. And today, if you do not know, is kind of Quitter's Day. I guess the second Friday of January is when most people have just given up on their New Year's resolutions. But... That's it? 12 days? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Wow. However, (laughs) that had me thinking, and I saw a story on today.com. At what point do we think it's okay for us to quit as an adult, but yet we hold our kids... To this standard of they've got to finish what they started. And the Today Show sat down with a psychotherapist. And there's a couple of things that I want you guys to know, because I know we have a lot of parents out there on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126. Is it okay to let your kids quit something? Are there certain rules around that? I mean, I don't think I was ever allowed to quit. I remember the day that my mom and dad finally let me quit piano and it was after seven years. And I, I will say this, I wish I could still play. I wish I would have really gotten into it more, but 
but I wasn't good at it. I didn't like to practice. Give me that basketball or softball, and I would stay outside for hours just shooting around. But to sit at that piano for even 20 minutes every day felt like pure hell to me. But if you have a child or a grandchild and you're trying to figure things out, a couple of things to remember, and Josh, I mean, as a young parent, you're going to have to probably face this at some point. But this psychotherapist says, you know, it is not something to talk about immediately when you pick them up from whatever activity it is, whether it is band or softball or basketball or soccer. In that moment when they say they want to quit, they're probably tired, maybe they're hungry, they're overstimulated. So you really want to press pause on that and wait until everybody is at their best. And then you really want to investigate, you know, was it just a bad day? Is it temporary? Or is there really something going on there that is more permanent? You know, it could be as much as, you know, the certain teacher doesn't let them take bathroom breaks and they don't like it. Quitting if your child is really good at something. You know, it's probably easier for parents to let kids quit if they're not good. They don't want them to feel embarrassed. But if they want to quit something that they're really good at, uh, that becomes a little more challenging. And in a case like this, the psychotherapist says that you really need to have a discussion with your child and brainstorm Maybe a solution. Maybe that's continue until a certain date and see if the situation changes. Do they like it more at that time or not? Maybe you decide to complete the session but not sign up for the next one. Or maybe you decide, yeah, we're just going to throw in the towel, but make sure that you kind of have reasoned and you talk about all of, you know, the reasons behind it and then keeping the door open to maybe revisit the issue in the future. Now, this psychotherapist does say that there is value in persevering, especially with older children, as long as an activity isn't causing them true discomfort or any kind of trauma, there is real value in completing a course so they can understand what it means to make a commitment and She says that this is particularly important to learn if it's a team activity, if teammates are counting on them to be there. And then one other thing that is vital is to remember that playtime is really, really important, that, you know, kids don't necessarily need to try everything to find their passion and that structured activities, and that's any really adult-led learning opportunity, that's often tiring for kids. It feels more like school and that kids need free time to just use their imagination, run around the playground, build that fort. So, you know, they say you can avoid the whole quitting issue by just being very intentional and measured with whatever your kids' extracurricular activities are. Now, do you want to hear the things that I quit? I I, I do. And the I, list is long. Is it? <laughs> Are you ready? Are yeah, you let's, ready let's go. Soccer uh-huh. was the first thing I quit. And that, uh, I think, in the fourth grade because there was too much running. Too much running. Uh-huh. Did you ever play soccer? Do they have soccer no. down south? They do now, but they did not when I was growing they up. They didn't back then. Uh, piano, 
I quit. I don't even remember how I broached the subject to my parents. And I'm the youngest, no surprise uh-huh. to most. Uh, but it didn't seem like there was any, you know, fight put up on their behalf. And most people tell you that the by the time the youngest comes around. You're kind of forgotten. You're kind of forgotten. Yeah. Parents don't really, all right, well, whatever. One less trip, you know. Uh, but I, I don't think... I, w- I don't think I'll let Finn quit something necessarily, you know? Yeah. I think the therapist is, is right. Let's talk it out and let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, and you got, there's got to be some talking before you even sign them up. Somebody says, I think it's ridiculous, all the activities parents make their kids do these days. If they are struggling and not enjoying doing whatever it is, then, you know, quitting is okay. Someone says piano, guitar, German, wish I could remember any of it. Someone else, my mom and dad, did not want me to apply for a detasseling corn job. I went ahead and accepted the job when I was in eighth grade. They said I had to work the entire season when I went against their advice. The job was extremely difficult, detasseling corn. Oh, I hear you. I did it, I think, for three summers. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, How do you know when a kid wants to quit something or whether they're just being a teenager? Exactly. Teenagers don't want to do anything. Yeah. You know, whether it's good for them or not, you know, Uh, how do you get a kid to, you know, go out and get a job on their own? You don't. You you almost have to force them to do it. Yeah, go to the job interview with them, you know. Now, I I don't know that that's the case. I don't know. Talk to some parents these days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will say that's not the case for my niece and nephew. Do they work? Yeah. Um, My soon-to-be 18-year-old nephew does. He had a job this summer, and he had a job last summer, too. I cannot remember for the life of me. I guess my brother was working at the hardware store, and they just kind of hired me because I said I wanted to work there, too. But at 16, do you remember going on a job interview? Yeah. You know? I I remember applying for uh, my lifeguard position at 16 because i think 16 changes things when you can actually drive to a job i think other job opportunities open up and you know did i did i wear a necktie to the interview i don't you know i don't know did you i don't think so pair of khaki pants Hmm. collared shirt well i will say the only thing in my memory that i quit was piano and other than that i've kind of stuck Two things. Just out of, I, I don't want to be a quitter. That's why I continue to drink. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. In moderation, of course. It's 3.30 uh, and we the need one, to... The one thing on piano yeah. that I think we could both still play is probably Chopsticks. Maybe. And Ode to Joy. Do you remember Ode to Joy? How's it go? It was Beethoven's. Do, 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 no, I can do, do the other do, one do, where my do, sister do, plays do, the other do, hand. It's dun, 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 da, 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 dun, dun, dun. That's all I got. I can do a C scale. What is that song? Da, 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 I don't know. Da, da, Maybe somebody da, da. knows. Maybe Paul Kopsky knows. I know this. He knows what's happening on the roads. Let's go to Captain Paul Kopsky. How's this Friday afternoon commute looking? I do know traffic, and there is a one-vehicle crash on westbound Gravoy at 55, blocking the right lane. There's a crash on 170 south, the exit to Forest Park Parkway. 
Debris in the roadway on westbound 44 at Vandevenor is blocking the right lane, and a one-vehicle crash on 170 North at westbound 270 has been cleared. This traffic report is brought to you by Neighbors Credit Union. Since 1928, Neighbors Credit Union has been helping its members manage their money and live well. Turn to the Neighbors team for all your financial needs, and you'll live well, too. Open your account online today at NeighborsCU.org. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. I'll tell you what, Marsha wants me to quit. Quit with the projects. You know, last year we did this beautiful bathroom. And part of the reason we were able to do that is thanks to Together Credit Union. You know, they had awesome opportunities with the home equity line of credit. Together Credit Union really, it's I think a bit of a hidden treasure. If you're looking for a, a safe investment option, check out Together Credit Union CD rate and term options. And I got to tell you, Josh, you just kind of stop, sit back, and watch your money grow. Right now, Together Credit Union is offering a competitive nine-month certificate of deposit with an annual percentage yield of 5.00%. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Now, there is a required minimum balance of $1,000, but put that in there for Finn right now, and in a few years, you're just going to have a bigger pile of money. You can visit your nearest Together Credit Union branch or go online to togethercu.org for details and just start growing your savings now. I mean, there really are so many fantastic programs. And what's great, I mean, Lauren talks about Together Credit Union all the time for your mortgage. I mean, you kind of forget, maybe you go to some of those bigger banks, but you're going to get a better deal. And you're actually going to talk to a person and have a relationship with the person on the other end of the transaction at Together Credit Union. Again, it's togethercu.org. Yep. That's it. Lots of people saying heart and soul yeah. on the text line. I never knew the title. That's the one. Huh. Do you know the history of it, Connor? I do I do not, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. It's on well, the piano. There it is. It's by a guy named Hoagie Carmichael. Hoagie, old Hoagie Carmichael. Yeah, well, it's the only thing I can play with the help of my sister. There's an interesting and, in my opinion, creepy story that just unfolded about eBay and several of its employees. Norman Miller wrote the story. He's a police reporter for the Metro West Daily News and Farm... Farmingham, Massachusetts, and he joins us to share this story. It all started, Norman, when a couple published criticisms of eBay on the couple's website. Yeah, they uh, run an e-commerce website that basically talks about different e-commerce sites, including eBay. I mean, it seems like the eBay employees just point blank terrorized the couple for months. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I read the report, there was a lot of things in there. Fetuses, uh, live spiders, live roaches, uh, books about uh, how to survive the death of a spouse, things like that. What? Like couple's home wait, all, wait, 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 wait. You said fetuses. These, you, the fetal pigs is what they were yeah, sending to the... A fetal, one fetal pig, I believe. I don't think it was more than one. I misspoke there. And Live insects, a book on surviving the death of a spouse, a funeral wreath, and they were trying to get them to simply stop criticizing them on their website? Basically, the allegations were that they were trying to terrorize them so much they would shut down the website. 
That and, was uh, allegations by the U.S. District uh, District Attorney's Office. And Heidi calls these eBay employees, but tell us who they actually were because they are more like eBay executives. Well, uh, they were members of the various members of the security team, basically. So one of them, I'm bringing it up right now in front of me. I should have had it, but uh, one of them was like the head of global resiliency. Uh, another one was a senior mar- a manager of global intelligence. Uh, managers and security operations. Was this a typical practice? Uh, Not that I heard of anything else like that. Uh, There was no mention of this happening before in any of the court documents I had to read. Gaia, did... Uh, I I don't think this was uh, typical. Did the couple who they were terrorizing, did their criticisms of eBay, did it actually have an effect on the company? I, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, eBay is a large company. It's still a very popular website. I know they agreed to pay a $3 million fine yesterday, but I don't know what other kind of effects it could have had on the company. And that's the criminal case that has come to a close, but there's still a civil suit, correct? Yeah, the civil case is still open. That's uh, scheduled for trial a ways away from now, so... Probably, probably, I think, in 2025. And what were the criticisms of eBay? I mean, who are these two people? They just live in, in outside of Boston and Massachusetts. What could they have possibly said? Honestly, I think, if I remember correctly, it was just typical things you hear about a lot of e-commerce sites, about delivery issues or reviews, things like that. Nothing out of the ordinary from what I saw on the court documents. Do these employees who... Did the harassing, do they still have a job at eBay? No, they're all listed as former employees. Got yeah. And then what was, the, how high up did this go? Did the CEO of eBay know what was going on? You know, the CFO? The, the, uh, the couple in their civil case alleged that the CEO knew it, but he was the CEO was never charged. Mm. Wow. It is. Has... Uh, eBay changed any of their practices, anything that maybe the couple said they were slow on or didn't do well? Has eBay now gone back and changed anything? That I'm not sure about. Uh, I haven't had a lot of in-depth conversations with eBay. Uh, they use tip- I usually get statements from them, so yeah, I know I... that they I know that they uh, said they're since this incident, they've uh, worked on their policies and procedures and increased their training. So, yeah, man, I in this article, uh, USA Today, and I think that you uh, at least in part wrote some of this. The Steiners, that's the couple, started their website in 1999 and gave a voice to those who may have been wronged by eBay. And the company apparently did not like that, according to their statement. And since the harassment came to light, several people told the couple that they were afraid of retaliation if they made their complaints public. That's what the, yeah, that's what, uh, the signers, uh, they read a statement in court and they posted it on their website, and that's what they were, they said about the, what happened. Wow. They said they've had several people reach out to them. Well, this is just, I mean, 
to the extreme. And thankfully, as you mentioned now, uh, eBay was handed a $3 million fine over the harassment campaign waged on this Boston couple, and the civil suit is uh, still to come. So, Norman Miller, thank you so much for joining us and kind of uncovering this crazy story. Thank you for having me. Georgia. Georgia, the whole day So this is another Hoagie Carmichael song. It is? Yep. I thought, I thought you were going to say this is another song that Heidi can play on the piano. No, I no. wish. Uh, Hoagie Carmichael. There's a, the text line lighting up with Hoagie Carmichael Yeah, fans. Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Stardust, which I guess was their this couple's first wedding dance song 43 years ago. So that's fascinating i'd never heard the man's name and now we know here's some good news your next paycheck could be just a little bit bigger than normal oh even if you didn't get a raise the irs adjusted tax brackets for 2024 based on inflation so if you're making the same as last year or you got a little bump due to cost of living you might have uh, a little less money withheld for taxes. Oh. So if you see it and you're like, what? where did this money come from? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't? Um, what did I miss this week? I was out for four days, which outside of a vacation, yeah, I've never been out of work for that long. Um, so there were so many things that I saw and printed off and everything, but I feel like I'm going to repeat hit the headlines of the top five to five and you guys are, oh we already did that did you guys talk about fruit stripe gum yes you did mm-hmm. did you did you talk about how you could eat the wrapper no we did not talk it? about that did you know that the wrappers on fruit stripe gum was edible no yeah i mean the gum itself was barely barely edible, edible. <laughs> barely edible. yeah <laughs> the, the paper was better than the gum uh what else what else did i miss well i, I mean you know i can barely remember what we just talked about 30 minutes ago, <laughs> much less uh, had me going back to... Sending spiders right. to that couple's house? Yeah. Uh, Nick Saban and Bill yeah, Belichick Yeah, we talked retired. about that one, and we had Martin weigh in on both of their, um, you know, just kind of the legacy that both leave well, behind. Did you mention this stat? Since the year 2000, the year 2000... There have been 24 Super Bowls and 24 college football title games. And Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll have won or coached 46% of them. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Isn't that wild? Almost half of the games those three coaches have been a part of. Kind of sad. Pete Carroll has been a great coach in his own right, but he's kind of like on the – Fifth page in, and Nick Saban even is taking the headlines from Bill Belichick. Uh, is Bill Belichick going to coach? I think everybody is Again? leaning that way, yes. How old is he? 72, 73? I mean, I guess there's no age limit. Mm-mm. I think he wants to reach the top of that pillar and be the you know coach with the most wins oh he's, he's only yeah. like 13 wins away from topping but that could Shula. be that could be two seasons or yeah if he goes to one a bad, really good one 
if he goes to a bad team, it could be like six. See the way you look at it? Like the Bears? And the way I look at it. <laughs> if he goes to the Redskins, uh, you know? Does he plead with Tom Brady to come out of retirement for one season? Let's Jotter? go do this together somewhere? Well, well, that team doesn't exist anymore, Josh. What? The Commanders. Oh, the Commanders. Oh, did I say Redskins? Yeah. Uh, no. my- so uh, I'm going to Mexico next week, which I am very very excited about and if you want to plan a getaway and do something fun let me tell you altair travel needs to be your first phone call jennifer is taking people with her on a come along to tuscany and you can learn more about that just go to altairtravel.com but you know what's so nice about altair and i think people forget this is it doesn't cost you anything extra it just saves you in the scheme of headaches and i mean yes it's fun to plan a trip but it's even more fun when you're working with professionals who can kind of even paint the picture for what's going to happen. And Altair Traveling Cruises can do that. They can help you with, you know, the destination. They can help you with the overnight stay, with the transportation, with the places to go and see. If you want to go somewhere and be adventurous, they can help with that. If you want to go somewhere and just rest and relax, they've got that covered. Your first phone call when you are planning that next getaway, whether it is for fun, for relaxation, for adventure, for the family to get away, Altair Travel and Cruises, AltairTravel.com. You can also call the office, 314-968-9600. Out of this world adventures and worry-free travel await with Altair Travel. Well, Senator Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer and the Senate on the Senate floor um, yesterday announced that he is setting up procedural votes for an eventual short-term funding bill that hopefully would avert a government shutdown as soon as next week. Ike Jachi, ABC News correspondent, joins us with the latest. I mean, is this going to pass, first of all? Well, at the moment, what we're seeing right now is yet again our government in the crossroads. Seven days away until another possible partial government shutdown. And again, we're seeing Congress within the Republican Party deadlocked. And what we saw from House Speaker Mike Johnson um, earlier this week was essentially a blow from the Republicans paying the procedural vote on Wednesday in a revolt of a tentative funding deal that we're talking about now that he negotiated with Democrats. And it's essentially just 13 hard-line Republicans that joined all the Democrats that essentially put a stop to this. And it's those same Republicans that... Set up essentially set up that trigger vote that ousted former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and it's all based on the basis of that Mike Speaker Mike Johnson working with Democrats. They don't want to see that at all. They want to see their hardline initiatives put at the forefront. But the reality of the situation is that it will never pass the full House. So here again, we have Republicans coming out, speaking out against Speaker House Speaker Mike Johnson, saying. He should have never gotten the job. Obviously, we have some Republicans backing him, but we're at a crossroad again where there are calls for his possible job if he continues with this. So, again, just some more examples of infighting within the Republican Party. I mean, at what point are we going to move past just the votes for a short-term funding bill and just, you know, actually push it all the way down the field? Well, this has been the essential... Uh, rallying cry for Democrats, the fact that Republicans cannot govern. And Democrats have pointed to Republicans and say, hey, listen, you can keep doing this all you want, 
he'll keep losing elections. The past two midterms and the past presidential elections have not gone in the favor of the Republican Party. And Democrats are betting again that if this infighting continues, again, also, this is the 118th Congress. It's historically the least productive Congress in history. They've only passed 36 bills since they were enacted a year ago. That's literally worse than every single Congress ever put together. I mean, Democrats are banking that combined with their infighting will really show what happens with the ballot box in 2024. I can't imagine that anybody wants that title of least productive Congress in history. I mean, if nothing else, get things done just to remove that label. Exactly. It's emblematic of the infighting that we're seeing and exactly the, the result of essentially what they're doing. You know, they're reaping what they sow right now, which is essentially nothing. They can't get anything done at the moment. And it's essentially what Democrats are saying. They're saying, fine, continue this, you know, infighting, continue what you need to do. We'll be fine and we'll see what happens come November in 2024. Is there anything that is a sticking point, uh, funding for Ukraine or Israel, uh, the border? What are we looking at? Well, it's the same thing that they've always been saying. You know, Speaker Mike Johnson said that he wants more money for uh, border provisions. You know, he's holding up support for Ukraine. Uh, he's holding up support for Israel. But the Democrats and, and the White House, they're saying, we don't know what you're talking about. There's a $111 billion package for Israel Ukraine that includes several tens of billions of dollars for border provisions. That's currently held up in Congress right now, right, because it's a Democratic initiative and they don't want to put their hands behind that. So you're seeing this useless political back and forth that's really getting in the way of actual measures that not only need to be passed, but measures that also could benefit the American people. Oh, it is so frustrating. But, Ike, we appreciate your report. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. When I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Well, Heidi, back in the day on this date, January 12th, did you guys do these while I was up? We did. Connor uh, took over on the back in the days and the randoms. We really try to keep the show intact even when you're not here oh well that's good to hear uh 10 uh 14 years ago 2010 port au prince haiti was struck with a seven uh, magnitude earthquake do you remember i this? do yes 150,000 people mm-hmm. lost their lives i, I have a, a handful of friends that went over went and really there. yeah helped out Wow, that's wild. Um, and then this must be the time of year where they used to do the mid-season replacements. Uh, Heidi, 58 mm-hmm. years ago, 1966, Batman, the TV show with Adam West. Oh, yeah. I watched it. Premiered on ABC, A-Bat-C. Uh, I thought it was great. I used to watch it all the time on Channel 11. 53 years ago, All in the Family premiered on CBS in 1971 and Dynasty yeah. Premiered in... Crystal 19- Carrington. 1981. Do you remember what station it was on? Was that ABC? It was ABC. Yeah. Ran for nine seasons. So good. Mm. Lorenzo Lamas, wasn't he Dynasty? No, he was Falcon Crest. In that... I think. And Falcon Crest was a spinoff of Dynasty, I think. Was it a spinoff or a knockoff? Uh, I thought that it had some crossover, but I, I could be wrong. I know that Mike Ward is coming in today, Ward on Wine, but wasn't the point of Falcon Crest? Yeah, they were a winery family. It was a winery, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe and I need to go back and watch that show now. All the now. drama that comes with that. Yeah. Well, no drama coming up with Mike Ward. Just a lot of great suggestions when it comes to wines that are maybe a little bit better for you, have less calories, less sugar. So that's coming up right after this. I hope you'll hang out with us. Be a part of the Heidi Glau Show with Josh Gilbert on the Big 550 KTRS. Headlines for this Friday afternoon, January 12th, St. Louis's Shoto's Landing inches towards National Historic Status. The state of Missouri will nominate Shoto's Landing to the National Register of Historic Places, a designation that will enable owners and developers within the district's footprint access to key tax credits. The nearly 16-acre site contains more than a dozen buildings built primarily between 1889 and 1935. The site was prominent during St. Louis's industrial boom, New York-based Good Developments Group is in the process of acquiring properties across 95 acres in and near Shoto's Landing for its redevelopment that entails high-rise residential towers, an entertainment district, and an advanced manufacturing center producing construction materials for projects across the country. Now, this designation is somewhat symbolic and doesn't mean a property can't be demolished or altered unless local law dictates otherwise. But the register can be a windfall for developers. Tax credits can rise into the tens of millions of dollars for big projects. And this is, uh, if Laclede's Landing is north of right. the arch, Shoto's Landing is south. Exactly. And what? I, I still don't it's know. It's closer to Soulard. It's right there on the edge. Like if you were to go down, I guess, Shoto and keep going. Like you know where Broadway Oyster Bar is. Yeah. You'd have to go to the left there and I don't I still don't know what's there now. It's a bunch of empty buildings, empty buildings that they're gonna right? turn into something. Well, let's get to it. Forty electric buses are coming to two St. Louis school districts. The Rittner School District based in Overland and the Ferguson Florissant School District are both getting nine and a half and six point three million dollars to purchase sixteen electric vehicles for Ferguson Florissant and 24 for Rittner. This is a project that is born out of the bipartisan infrastructure law that is pouring $5 billion into our school buses across the country. And it's the only two school districts in the state that will be getting uh, money to update and convert over to electric buses. Here's what Rittner currently pays in gas a year on their fleet of school buses, $160,000 in fuel costs, mm. not to mention $15,000 per year in oil changes. Yeah. You know, I guess those things really start to add up. I would say so. Hardy performing at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater next spring. The singer-songwriter is stopping in St. Louis for his quit tour. He'll be at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on Friday, March 31st. Tickets go on sale next Friday, January 19th at 10 a.m. I think that'd be a good show. And you know those funny road signs that you see on the highway? Uh, Here's an example for the holiday season. Best unopened gift your airbag. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. uh, only reindeer can fly. Watch your speed. Mm-hmm. Well, the Federal Highway Administration is calling for those signs to be cut out. 
They say they're distracting. I love them. They say that they are distracting and might be misunderstood or understood only by a limited segment of road users. They say too many people miss the jokes and get confused or distracted trying to figure them out. Oh, now, I think that's selling people short. They're not like a riddle. Right. Here's one. Uh, Are you texting while driving? It's you. You're the problem. It's you. That's a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah. Right? But if you don't know Taylor Swift's music, you have no idea what the reference is. Okay, but you still know you're the problem. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's all that matters. That's what I'm, the message is still there, but they're saying the need is just to get the message out and it's not to be cute. I think this is the, uh, one of the funny parts of the story, though. They're giving states two years to phase these out. Oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just tell hey, stop doing that. And you start tomorrow. Oh, that's not the way things work. Well, coming up, Mike Ward joins us, and we'll talk about a couple of, I'm going to say, less sugary, less alcoholic uh, wines, less alcohol in them, I guess I should say, but just as tasty. We've got some tips from Mike Ward after the break. I like to give a shout out to the window store, wswindow.net. They had such a great year last year that they want to pass it forward. And what they want to do is any KTRS listener who mentions they heard about the window store on the Big 550 KTRS, they want to give you 10% off your next job if you book it in the month of January. Now, this isn't some gimmick where they're going to jack up the prices 10% and then take off 10%. This is just an extra... Your guide on the journey to wine appreciation, enjoyment, and knowledge. This is Ward on Wine with Mike Ward. Brought to you by Deerbergs on the Heidi Glaus Show. Well, for this week's Ward on Wine, we're continuing with our theme from last week. Some better for you options to kick off the new year. Mike Ward is back. And today we're talking Boda Breeze. So good to see you. Great to see you. Man. So these, and it seems like this is kind of a hot category when it comes to drinking these days, have fewer calories and less alcohol. Yeah, they do. And let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Let's just get out there, be honest. How do you feel about wine in a box? You know what? Uh, At first, I probably was a little too judgy on it. And then when I actually had it, I'm like, this is actually okay. Have you guys ever been to a Halloween party where someone dresses up as wine in a box? No, but that's pretty good. But the poor spout is actually connected to a bag full of wine. It's a good idea. It's an actual working box of wine. That's really good. I will say, we should um, tease and pull this up. Kathleen Madigan has a great joke about how box wines are really missing out on their marketing because if you drink boxed wine, your neighbors never know how much wine you've had because they can't hear all the clinking of bottles on Monday right. morning. You just throw the box in and nobody knows better. And they're they're in the box so you don't see how much That's right. Heidi's been drinking uh-huh. all day. Very well, true. 
I'm completely fine with them. And, I, and and you're right when you say that they had a little bit of a stigma when they first came out. Mm-hmm. So did screw caps. People yeah, like, oh, that's screw true. Caps. Wine doesn't have to be in a bottle. It doesn't have to have a cork. And it, it can be in a box. And, you know, the only thing about the box is if you buy it, it's not going to last for 10 years. You know, it does have kind of a shelf life to it, mm-hmm. but it's good wine. In this case, Boda Box wines, which are extremely popular and I really like them and drink them. Uh, they are genuine, high-quality California grapes. And in this case, with the Boda Breeze that we're talking about today, uh, because it's got a little less alcohol and less calories, they just adjust the uh, when they harvest the grapes. And the sugar's a little bit less you know, prevalent in the grapes. So, so it's, it's not make like a little... it's a separate vineyard. It's not like it's a different grape. No. It's the same grapes yeah. that makes their, you know, full strength. It's just this takes out a little bit of the sugar. The Central Coast growing region of California up from Lodi down uh, is one of the best growing areas for agriculture in the world. And that's where these grapes grow. And it's the same grapes that might go into their other Boda wines or even other wines Chardonnay and Pinot Grigio are, are kind of what we're talking about today. Which I was going to ask, is it easier to remove the sugar in whites versus reds, or it's the same process? It's the same process, but I think, uh, you know, they, and Boda Breeze does do a Cabernet as well. It's just not as easy to find in, in Bob's Barn at Deerberg's. Yeah. But um, it, it's the same process, but I think with lighter style white wines, you might not even notice the change. Really? It tastes exactly the same. Wow. So you're getting less calories, less alcohol. So if you want to have a glass on a weeknight before you get to have to work the next day and you want to have dinner, it's 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 a good option for you. And also that box is going to stay, uh, uh, you know, fresh. The dispenser's not going to allow air to get into it, and you can have a, one glass if you want. And not have to drink the whole bottle because right. you're worried it's going to go bad. Somebody on the text line from the 618, I love boxed wines. Three bottles in a box with a spigot, and it's reasonably priced. You know what I think is a good application for boxed wines, and this this comes up. When you have, say, a couple and one drinks one type of uh-huh. wine and one drinks the other, you never want to open a bottle of wine. You're going to ruin it because only one purchase so box wine. You can each have your own wine, and it's perfect match. That is a great one. Now, the name Boda actually means something. Yeah, and it, it really kind of you look back to the old days. I'm talking about ancient winemaking. And and those old wines, a couple of things about them. I'm talking like, you know, hundreds of years ago before bottles became prevalent, might have gone in a a, a skin or or you know, just yeah. that. Yeah. Now, the two things about those wines is they didn't last at all, so you'd get them home and drink them that immediately. day. Or, yeah, they're oxidizing immediately. They probably didn't taste great and people wanted them to be sweet. There was no low alcohol wines back in the days of a ancient Boda or wine skin or whatever you want to uh, reference it. And that's where they kind of got that idea. Believe me, these Boda boxes are far greater quality than what they <laughs> were drinking back when then. When you talk about wine skins, uh, you know, I think of, you know, on a string around somebody's neck, you know, and it's probably made of like uh, uh, calf's intestines or something. Ooh. Uh, and it's like a little bag, pouch, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like what? A, yeah, I can well, see it, like a canteen almost. Yeah, and there was a, a Brazilian restaurant where the owner came out and poured us drinks out of one. Uh, but the whole time I'm thinking, what is that actually made of? 
Mike, what were those made of? Well, I think they were animal byproducts, mm-hmm. if you put it that way, skins or some type of uh, other part of the animal. That's what they had accessible to them. And I can't really remember, but I think even Shakespeare talked about drinking sherry out of a, a sack Kind of. There's a. I, I, I could be very wrong, and somebody that knows Shakespeare better than me might be able to. But sherry itself was served, or this way, right out of the barrel, and it was fortified. So that's why they added brandy to it, just to make sure that it would last a little bit longer. Those are the original reasons why people started to make fortified wines to to make sure it was it was a kind of a preservative. Wow, there's so much to know, which is why Mike Ward is always here on Fridays. And, of course, if you have a question for him, you can text your questions to the Woods Basement Systems text line 84126. And as you mentioned, Boda Breeze Pinot Grigio and the Boda Breeze Chardonnay, I mean, easily found in all of the uh, Bob's Barn at Deerberg's. And I got to say, if you're at Deerberg's last night, uh, I swung by and we did just the – Chicken breast in a bag. There were two different kinds. We're going to do one tonight. We did one last night. Deerberg's makes everything so easy. You don't have to buy the, you know, chicken raw and then buy all the ingredients. Even if you want to cook something fresh, they've put it in the bag. Marsha stuck it in the oven last night, followed the ingredients, and it was so darn good they do the same thing with vegetables but maybe you don't want to do dinner maybe you just want to pick up the charcuterie board and the wine they have the charcuterie boards already made for you at Deerberg's, or maybe you're craving something else with all of the pre-mades there it is just fantastic and not to mention oh my gosh the cheese section i could spend a day just going through the cheeses as far as that goes but there's just so many things that i think Deerberg's does right and you can stop by and do a little shopping, make it a quick trip or a long trip. I Last week when I was blown up with my face, we had all of our groceries, $200 worth, delivered to the house through the DoorDash app and Deerberg's. It was so easy and Perfect. took a lot less time than I ever imagined. You just kind of go through and click on that and that and that. I had my list in one hand and my phone in the other. And within an hour and a half, somebody was at the door with all of our groceries. It is so easy. So whether you want to go in or have somebody else do your shopping at Deerberg's, both are an option. And whatever it is you're looking for, whatever it is you're craving, you can have it tonight. Just swing by one of the many Deerberg's. Grab your uh, boat of breeze and your uh, chicken. Stick it in the oven and Bada boom, bada bang, you've got dinner. We're coming back with more with Mike Ward after this. Such a fun song. We're chatting with uh, Mike Ward, Ward on Wine, talking about Boda Breeze. There's a Pinot Grigio and a Boda Breeze Chardonnay. Each one, 80 calories per five-ounce serving. It's lower in carbs. It's lower in alcohol, has less sugar, and you can find them at Bob's Barn at Deerberg's. A couple questions coming in on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126. Are there any types of wine that couldn't be put in a box? Oh, well, I wouldn't say uh, necessarily types of wine. There are probably regions that where grapes grow that maybe you wouldn't put them in the box because they need time to age and a box wouldn't allow them. 
most grape varieties, Cabernet, Merlot, Syrah, Pinot Noir, they do okay in, in the box, but you really have to adjust where those grapes are grown and then how they're treated in the winery. They are not wines that, uh, you know, like I said, you don't want to jam them into your, you know, your wine rack at home. These are drink me now. soon. Yeah. Yeah, but you also don't have to worry about them going bad on you. Yeah. They're fine. Now, I will say, though, once you start dispensing it, every time you dispense it, a little tiny bit of air gets in there. So you shouldn't, like, dispense it and then let it sit in the refrigerator for a year and then come back. It's going to oxidize, let's say, three months. Oh, probably. that's pretty good. Yeah. Someone else, Mike, any truth to the size of the bottle and quality of wine? Not necessarily. Uh, now, let's talk about, you know, wine in a bottle with a cork, and there's different sizes. Typical sizes is 750 milliliter, and then there's smaller half bottles, and there's larger bottles. And I will say that the only difference is the smaller bottles will age faster mm-hmm. than the larger bottles so if you are collecting wine that's something to think about but it really you know doesn't even wine with a with a cork or a screw cap that nowadays doesn't ne- always necessarily translate to that's a premium wine or not because there's Napa Valley Cabernets for $100 a bottle with screw caps well and now we see so many of the half bottles do you need to drink those more quickly? Is there any difference when you look at the little half bottle? You can treat them the same after you open them as a 750 as far as when you should drink them. And they're a little easier to, to you know, you shouldn't have a lot left over. Yeah, two glasses. That, this is yeah. very true. Seems like sparkling wine wouldn't fare well in a Boda box. Yeah, sparkling wine can't handle that type of... Uh, 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 you, yeah, because you'd lose the bubbles in there. Yeah, so that's yeah. the only thing you don't see. So they're still wines. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the person texted in and, and <clears throat> clarified they misspelled the size of the punt. Oh, not the size of the bottle. Oh, so the punt yeah. is uh, on the bottom of the bottle. The indention. Yeah. The indention on the bottom of the bottle, Mike. And some of them are really deep and some of them aren't. And what is the reason behind that? Well, nowadays it's kind of marketing because you don't actually need that punt now. Originally, At all. you you don't really necessarily need it now. It will uh, help to strengthen the glass a little bit for a sparkling wine. Champagnes have them, and originally that was invented to help strengthen the bottle so the bottle didn't blow up. Nowadays, it's really you know when you see those Napa Valley cabs with the big indentation, you know you really. It really doesn't have a lot of meaning. I'll put it that way. Should you pour it with your thumb in the punch? Yeah. Or not really? I mean, you can. Be careful. Yeah. You can also dump it on somebody. Yeah, you don't I don't do, do it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't do it that way. Um, you can, sure. Yeah. So you said typical wine bottles are 750 milliliters, right? Yeah. Uh, what is a typical wine in a box? Or technically... It's wine in a bag wrapped yeah. in a box. Well, and they can be five-liter boxes. They can be three-liter, a liter. So you should look. Most boxes will have the equivalent, you know, of how many bottles on it. And then there's those little Tetra packs that uh-huh. are, you know, just little three. I think those are three 175 milliliters. So a half a bottle. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what's your portion size? Uh, what size are your glasses? And then adjust from there. Got you. All right. Anything else we need to know about Boda Breeze? Well, I mean, I think for those people that are, you know, adjusting things in January, it's a good time to, you know, you want to be live a little healthier. Look into these because the wine's good, and that's what I always say. 
what's how's what's the quality of the wine inside of that bag, and then uh, give it a try. Pinot Grigio is going to be light and uh, and perfect for the chicken that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. The Chardonnay is not um, oaky like a typical California Chardonnay. Um, it is a little bit more like green apple flavors and peach and pear and lime, and then you do get a little creaminess from it. Uh, but it's not going to be if you want to compare it. If you're that, a fan of a big, creamy, buttery Chardonnay, uh, it's not going to be exactly like that. Okay, one final question for you: Can you drink it right out of the box, or you still need to pour it into a glass? <laughs> oh, I'm- yeah, you can. You can definitely dispense it right from. Yes, you don't necessarily, or a nice uh, plastic cup or something. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Yeah, but, I mean, because we're talking about, like, people drink their beer right out of the bottle if you're opening up this little box, if it's a single serve. Well, it, the, seriously, though, the thing about it is it is wine, and wine uh, right out of its container needs air. So I would still use a glass. I would still pour a small amount and leave some room in the glass to aerate. It doesn't matter. The, the price of the wine doesn't matter. It's still coming out of that container is going to need air. Hey, Mike, we're talking about uh, regular wines that regular people can go and buy at Deerberg's. Uh, and sometimes as a joke, we talk about, you know, the the Screaming Eagle wines that for some reason they sell at Costco. You can get them yourself for $4,000 a bottle. Uh, but as anyone for a marketing stunt, or we talk all the time about how wine in a bag or wine in a box uh, is airtight, it's probably one of the best ways you can actually store it. Has anyone ever put a $1,000 bottle of wine in a box? That's a great question. And I'm not going to say no, no one ever has because, you know, not that I know of, but I will tell you a little very quick comparison story. Years ago, I was in France. I was in southern France, and uh, we were touring a winery in the Rhone region, and we turned a corner in the winery, and I saw a pallet with these one-and-a-half-liter boxes on it of a not not a $1,000 bottle, but nice wine. Uh-huh. And I asked our guide there, who was the winemaker and owner, and I said, this is great, you know, because they were very important French wines. And, and I said, would you ever send these to us? I'd love to try this. He said, oh, no, Americans won't drink wine out of a box, so we keep them here for, for our people locally. But I think this was 12 years ago or so. so. Before, That's changed. Yeah. This was back in the days when those people when people were thinking that all box wine was cheap. So now you can actually, and I think we're going to see more quality wines. may not ever be that $1,000 bottle, but we're going to see higher quality wines because it is all about making sure they're airtight and served fresh and and not oxidized. And so I think we're going to see that trend. Well, and I think it's also doing exactly what we do here every Friday, and it's educating people that just because it's in that box doesn't mean it's bad. So, Mike Ward, yeah. it's always great having you here. If people have a question for you before next week, how can they get a hold of you? Mike at wardonwine.com. And uh, it's going to be a cold weekend, so have a little wine and, and make sure you're staying staying warm. Exactly. Cheers to you, my friend. Oh, if only the heat was on. The heat's on in all of our houses, and hopefully you're checking on, uh, you know, neighbors who maybe are a little bit older, because it is going to get just downright nasty over the next couple of days. If you're looking for something to do this weekend and you're willing to get out and about, 
Tonight, Joe Coy, who just hosted the Golden Globes, is at Stiefel Theater. I mean, he is uh, super funny. And, I mean, he's getting mixed reviews for the Golden what? Globes, but that's a tough job. What did you think? I, I, I was out. We didn't get a chance to talk. I texted you a couple of things yeah. during the show. We were both watching it. I mean, I think it's a tough room, and I think he probably fell a little flat. But there's so many people that would never even take that job, and I do think he is a really funny guy when he's just doing his stand-up routine. And I don't, I don't think that that host or the host of those shows need to do much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, frankly. But they're expected to, and they're expected, and we talked about this a little bit, you know, Ricky Gervais was so good at picking on people in the room and them even laughing about it, but here you are set to kind of pick on these people that the rest of America, for the most part, loves, loves, and now you're the guy kind of picking on them. It's just, it's a uh, no-win situation. I thought it was a great Taylor Swift joke, and I thought she played along. Yeah. That was that was my interpretation. Well, not most people's interpretation. And you think it was a great joke because you agree with what he's saying. Oh, it was a good joke re- regardless of whether you well, agree with Well, I mean, not. you know. It was pointing out the fact that she's on TV a lot at the football games, that for better or for worse. True, but a lot of people did not laugh at it. Um, if you're looking for ways to celebrate Martin Luther King, uh the civil rights leader, of course, there's going to be uh, – he would have turned 95, by the way, on January 15th. So in celebration of his life and legacy, the Missouri History Museum is presenting a weekend of events. I mean, all kinds of multi-tiered exploration of activism in St. Louis for students and people of all ages. It's kind of running throughout today all the way to Monday if you're looking for something to celebrate and the Black Rep will also stage the world premiere uh, play from the writer of Selma. That's happening now through January 28th at the Edison Theater at Wash U. John Mulaney, another comedian, is uh, at the Fa- Fox Theater tonight and tomorrow night. He is? Yeah. How, d- how did that slip past me? Well, you've been out for a couple days. Man, but- he is so funny. He hosted... One of those Emmy shows that apparently the Emmys are this weekend. Monday. On Monday. Mm-hmm. Normally they're in September. They are, but because of the writer strike and the actor strike, they pushed it all back. I think last weekend there was one of those Emmy shows for the less popular shows and the technical awards. Yeah. And John Mulaney hosted it and killed. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, no offense to Joe Coy, who might be listening to this station right now because he's in town. But why didn't they ask John Mulaney to host the Golden Globes? Well, you know, Joe Coy got the job just 10 days prior because it was supposed to be Jared Carmichael. So in Joe's defense, I mean, most comedians have months to prepare for that kind of show. They watch the movies and they're, I mean, he was really kind of behind the eight ball. Why did Jared Car- uh, Gerard Carmichael? You know what? I don't bail? know what the reasoning was of that. But one more thing, if you're looking for something cool, and I think this would be fantastic because I love the House of Cards uh, intro. But 
the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra is going to play the world premiere of Jeff Beal's Body in Motion, and he's best known for scoring TV shows like Monk and House of Cars. He has written a violin concerto for the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. So that is happening. Um, the orchestra will also spotlight an American in Paris. So lots of that's a two hill performing arts, by the way. So lots of stuff going on if you want to get out and about if you want to just hunker down and watch tv well coming up in the entertainment report i will uh have a couple of recommendations for you we're also going to talk to jason nathanson abc news entertainment correspondent here in a little bit and find out what he thinks of mean girls the musical version of the 2004 film which hits theaters this weekend so that's all coming up i hope you'll uh continue to hang out here let's take a quick break well, before we do that, though, Heidi. Yes, Josh? I've been out all week, so I haven't been able to tell you guys how many Dogtown pizzas I ate in quarantine. <laughs> how many? I mean, I told you that the downstairs freezer is basically the, in case of emergency, break glass. There's six or seven Dogtown pizzas down here. Uh, if the world ever ended, I'd be eating pizzas for days. I got to go... To the store and restock. Mm-hmm. I had three Dogtown pizzas this week. Oh my gosh! Which ones? Which flavors? So hot chicken. Okay. Uh, pepperoni pepperoni because mm-hmm. it's my favorite, and then just your standard pepperoni. Yeah. Now when I go to the store, I'm gonna get a bacon bacon. Ooh, I'm bacon get, bacon's good. I'm gonna get the meats one. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get the the tomato basil garlic for my wife. Yeah. Because uh, I know that she likes that one, but it's always important in case of of uh, a zombie apocalypse, or in case of you come down with COVID, it's always important to have pizza in the house in case of emergency. So I recommend you go to Deerberg's or any local grocery store in town. They carry them everywhere. Get some Dogtown pizzas, stuff them in the freezer just in case, and maybe eat a couple, maybe have a couple this weekend. Mm-hmm. Great for football. Uh, yes, and while the Chiefs are playing in negative two degrees, yep. you can have a nice hot pizza. And a bottle of wine. Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Well, the girls are still mean. Mean Girls, the musical version of the 2004 film, hits theaters this weekend. Jason Nathanson, ABC News entertainment correspondent, has seen it, and he joins us with his review. Is it worth it? Was that a song from it? I don't even remember. I think it is. It's a song from the play, Jason. Okay. Well, this is the musical version of the play. So, I mean, this is the the film version of the Broadway musical. I don't remember that number being in there. Well, Jason, I'm so confused by this whole thing. Why isn't it called Mean Girls, the Musical, the Movie? Uh, because it's called Mean Girls, the Musical? Because Is it? I think it's, it's just called it's, Mean Girls. I, I think maybe it's called Mean Girls, the Musical. I don't know. You're asking me too many questions. <laughs> yeah. so it's too late on a Friday. All we want to know is if it's worth it. Well, hold on. Now I have to look up the name. Were there, um, were there, was there music? It's just called Mean Girls. It is right. just called Mean Girls. But it is the musical version. So there's okay. a 2004 version, which is the the one everybody loves, right? That's Lindsay the one that's iconic. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan, written by Tina Fey. Then they adapted it for Broadway, which Tina Fey did write, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they took that musical version and they've made a movie out of it, much like they did with uh, The Color Purple recently, and right? And Tina Fey wrote this one as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tina, Tina Fey wrote this one as well, yeah. I, I wouldn't say same exact thing. Well, I mean, well, it's the same, similar, same exact yeah. concept. Yes, they are, they are very different movies yes. for sure. Uh, but this is a musical version of the of the Broadway musical. And w- what works in The Color Purple was that film was from 1986. So to do it now, it seems like enough time has passed. I, I just don't feel that enough time has passed for Mean Girls to do this. Even though it's been 20 years since the original film, it's still the movie itself, the original movie, still feels fresh. It doesn't feel old. So yeah. you go watch that and you're like, oh, this is still good. And that's the that's the feeling I got while watching the musical is I'd kind of rather be watching the original. There's a place for the musical version and that's on Broadway. And mm-hmm. I think all the energy and everything that comes with a Broadway musical and you being there in person, that's a different thing. Trying to combine those two it's it's a tough sell for for one for a lot of people. I know a lot of people will just go, well, I'm not seeing a musical, just hands down. Um, so you, then you have to win over that that group. Uh, but then also the energy is def- just different when you're seeing them do those live songs and all the dance numbers and everything like that. It, it, it is kind of infectious when you're on when you're in the building right. where they're doing that. When it's on screen, it's a, it's a lot like for me watching the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't really care about the Super Bowl halftime show because I'm at the end of the day I'm watching somebody perform on a screen right I'm not there I mean it's mm-hmm. not like being at a concert it's tough to really capture that energy now that said Taylor Swift was able to ca- capture the energy very well in the Eras tour concert film uh, but but you know that's few and far between so Mean Girls the movie the musical whatever you want to call it <laughs> Um, just watch the original. This wasn't bad, but it just, it's, there's just no, I felt no need. For is, it. is the story the same? My wife saw it on Broadway, so maybe I could just ask her, but is the story the same? Yeah. I mean, there are a few tweaks same here and characters. there. Same characters. Regina George, who's played by Renee right. Rapp, uh, Katie Heron or Caddy played by Angry Rice. Um, and you know, everybody in it is good. Ali E. Cravalho um, from Moana. She plays Janice. You know, all the same names and stuff like that. Or, yeah. or at least most of the same names. Um, but, you know, it, it, it just it just didn't need to, to be done. Well, let's okay. talk about maybe some better films that are going to be um, celebrated this weekend at the Critics' Choice Awards. And you actually get to vote for these, right? I do. I'm a member of the Critics' Choice Association, so I vote on... Both the TV and the movie side, because I cover both. Uh, and the film for me to beat at the Critics' Choice Awards, well, I'll tell you what I voted for. That's on Sunday. Uh, we our, our ballots are due by midnight tonight. Oh. Maybe little, maybe and that's airing on CW? Is that right? It's airing on, uh, correct. That's okay. airing on the CW. Um, and Best Picture, my vote goes to Oppenheimer. I think that's far and away the best movie of uh, last year. There were some good movies last year, but I, I think that that, I mean, you know, of the list, and I'll tell you the list for Best Picture, you got American Fiction, mm-hmm. which I think is good, uh, but I, I don't think is, is is the winner. Barbie, um, which I love, I, I'm and I've watched a couple times at this point, and I really like Barbie. Uh, the Color Purple, which I thought, the you know, the, the second half was great. The Holdovers, which I didn't love as much as everybody else did. Killers of the Flower Moon, way too long. Some mm-hmm. good performances, though. Maestro, let's skip that one. Um, Past Lives, which I really liked. Uh, Poor Things, which I really liked. And Saltburn, which I really liked. But 
of those of the it, you know I I look at this a friend and I often go back and go hey what one in 2002 and we'll go back and look at the list and we'll be like that one over that yeah, yeah. no way Oppenheimer is the movie that when you look back in 10 years and you go okay that deserved to be the best picture of of 2023 and I I don't think any of those other ones beats it hey Jason when I was laid up this week with COVID I watched Saltburn. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's a great movie to watch Whoa. when you're sick, huh? Put the kids in bed. <laughs> I, somebody, friends just watched and they're like, it was the weirdest, still trying to figure it out. Let's switch, though, to TV. Who are you uh, voting for when it comes to the best TV show? Okay, best drama series goes to Succession yeah. in its final year. I mean, again, like, you know, I, I just don't think that you can be beat. You look back at the year, you know, I love The Crown, and I could I could happily have voted for that. Uh, the Diplomat, it's a new show on Netflix, which I really, really like. The Last of Us, a fantastic new show on HBO. This was that, that was a tough category, but you look at, you know, Succession, how great it's been throughout its run. It's its last year. It's your last chance to honor it. You know, I, there's the, for me, I, I, I have to pick that one. You know, the others were The Morning Show, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, you know, which are Loki. All those are fine shows, but um, a few of those really stood out to me, and Succession is number one. On the comedy side, this was really tough for me. It's a lot uh, of great shows. Well, I don't think so. Really? It doesn't I, have the yeah, bear I, I, and Ted Lasso? I think they left off some really good ones. Uh. Um, so I was I was this this was a this was a tough category for me because while I like the bear, the bear is first of all debatable whether or not yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah, I do agree with that. I, when I'm watching a comedy, I want to laugh, and and I, and that's my criteria when it comes to voting. Um, the bear to me is a drama, so I don't care how long it is. I, I get really anxious when I watch the bear. Mm-hmm. Barry. Almost same thing. Now, a case could be made. Barry has some laugh-out-loud moments, but especially this last season, they really uh, went into the drama side of things, um, and I thought it was just way too serious. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, you know, I liked in the beginning, but the shtick got old for me. Poker Face, I never really got onto. Reservation Dogs, also, I just never really they never really uh, jived with me. Uh, Shrinking, same thing on Apple TV+. Plus. I couldn't get into it. What We Do in the Shadows I really like and think is funny, but I don't know if it's award-winning. Um, and that, for me, left Abbott Elementary, which is a pure comedy and I think makes me laugh more than any of those shows. All right. Well, you have given us a lot to watch this weekend. Jason Nathanson, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Nice. Um, you want to start since you haven't been around for a while? Yeah, I've been out for a while. Uh, let's see here. There's a football game on mm. this weekend, Saturday night. A couple of football games. A bunch of football games. But the big one is the Kansas City Chiefs-Miami Dolphins game. And you know what the problem is? Yeah, I do. It's on Peacock, and I don't have Peacock as of this moment. It is on Peacock, which is streaming only. And I have a subscription to Peacock because you can watch um, – English Premier League soccer games. Mm. And they hit me up and they said, would you like a year of Peacock for 25 bucks? And I said, oh, "Ah, oh, you twisted my arm, you know? Yeah, that's not too shabby. Yeah, next year it's going to be a lot more expensive than that. But Well, you'll have the Olympics. Oh, yeah. I guess they'll put a bunch of Olympic stuff on Peacock. Yeah, they will. This is what they're trying to do to us. They're trying to twist our arms into paying them $9.99 a month. For something that they used to just give us for, for free. free. You know, mm. what's wrong with putting this 
football game on NBC. Exactly. You know, that everyone gets for free over the air. Well, Kansas City Chiefs player Charles Ominehue, I mm-hmm. believe that's how you pronounce his name. He is a defensive back, and he jumped on Twitter, and he said, This is ridiculous. Us playing on Peacock only is insane. I saw the comments of people talking about it, so I'm going to give away 90 three-month. Is that his number? Peacock memberships, yes. 90 okay, nice. I is, like that. His uniform number. How would you know? I was just, you know, seemed to make sense. Makes sense. The wild card matchup is the first NFL playoff game to air exclusively on a paid streaming platform, obviously during the football year, Thursday Night Football is on Amazon Prime, which is something that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And technically, Monday Night Football, when it's not simulcast on ABC, is on ESPN, which you technically have to pay for at some point. Yeah, I just think we're all so used to ESPN being a part of the package. I mean, it's right, and it's with so many of the packages. I mean, it's part of my YouTube package. It's, it's part, part of a lot of, of the my, cable packages or part Hulu. Of my Hulu. Right. Well, so they get a pass just because they've been... They've been Doing grandfathered in for too well, long. I, yeah. But I think it's also part of the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not really paying extra for ESPN. It's part of a much bigger, like, I, sports bundle. Sports bundle. I not forget. specifically that. I'm not sure. Was I watching the national championship game, Michigan beating Washington on ESPN, mm-hmm. or was that on ABC? No, it was on ESPN. I think that was on ESPN. Only? Yeah. It wasn't simulcast? I don't think so. They were doing Dancing with the Stars? Uh Uh-uh. They didn't even do Dancing with the Stars on TV, Well, they used to, and then they brought it back. You got to do it on Disney. You got to watch Disney Plus. No, that was just for like one season. They brought it back. Because people probably complained. That's probably true. Well, if you jump out, I think this guy probably already gave them away because he was giving them away today on Friday. Uh, Somebody suggested, hey, maybe Taylor Swift should give away... (laughs) 1,989 <laughs> Peacock subscriptions because her album was 1989. Mm-hmm. Is it a risk? The head of broadcasting for the NFL says it's a bit of a risk, but we think that we're going to have the most streamed sports event in uh, streaming history. Who cares? Uh, but they also, it's not a risk for the NFL because didn't NBC pay them something like $100 million for one game. Oh, I don't know what the details are. That's that's the bet. That's the risk for NBC is they dropped a hundred million dollars. Are you just guessing at that number? Or are you actually reading no, it I right think it now? Actually, it's actually higher than that. Um, it was. Uh, and you're sure it's for just one game, not just several? for the just to broadcast one playoff game this Saturday, Chiefs. Because they're betting on people signing up for Peacock and forgetting to cancel it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not or, to be a, a di- not to be a Peacock spokes spokesperson, but right. it is only I, I think could, five. Connor, I can see your feathers. Five five dollars a month, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the game initially. No, I, I I mean I've had it for a while. I think it's still five ninety nine. So, you know, you, you get uh, Premier League soccer. There's some other sporting events, you know, Sunday Night Football. Finn watched that Mario Brothers movie on it. Yeah. You know, it, I don't think it's it's not like they're making you pay $60 for, for a pay-per-view. For this game. You know, it's yeah. $5.99 a month. $5.99, uh, you know, plus tax. And if you cancel right away, that's what Max Voice has been saying. 
they still give you the month you paid for it, but you won't be charged at the end of it. So there is is that. Do you think in the future that every Sunday, if you want to watch a football game, say you want to watch the Rams versus the Lions, Mm -hmm. who they happen to play for free on regular NBC on Sunday night, that they say five ninety nine, and you pay for each game. It seems like that's the way it's going. You buy the subscription, or if you want to just watch each game, you pay eleven ninety nine. Or do you just find a sports bar that has them all on? But I'm sure that this is really ruffling some feathers with, you know, owners of sports bars that don't have Peacock too. Oh, I'm sure they'll find someone to log in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how much would you pay to watch the Super Bowl? Remember, you know, back in the day, we would watch these wrestling pay-per-view events. I mean, the Super Bowl's making enough money. I think that would make me mad just by the amount of money that they're already making off all the commercials. To 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 go back and charge. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think they need to do pay-per-view. Like, they they make so much, they get so many, uh, so high ratings, you know, what is a pay-per-view going to do? I'm testing your your guys' pain tolerance, though. Mm -hmm. How bad do you want to watch a football game? You're not going to do it? What are you going to do, Heidi? No, I'm saying Super Bowl, that would make me mad Yeah. I, as far as that goes. We'll definitely be watching the Chiefs game somewhere, somehow. Somebody said we have Amazon Prime. Can we get the Chiefs game? I'm confused. No. no. You cannot. It ha- it's only on Peacock tomorrow night at 7. I'm going through my own dilemma because I have concert tickets to the Sheldon to see Allison Russell, who's fantastic. She takes the stage, I think, at 9. So I'm like, do I watch... The two hours of the Chiefs, then go to the concert. Connor, here's here's the moral dilemma for Heidi. <sighs> I'm going to unsolicited text her my Peacock login. Ooh. Okay. Oh, yeah. And we'll yeah. see if she uses it. She's, yeah. she's, she's against the login she's sharing. She's against yeah. Yeah. stealing I'll probably pay the $5, oh. to be honest. Oh. Yeah. Let me just hear. What's your number again? Mm-hmm. I'm going to text you. <laughs> <laughs> um, another Kansas City Chiefs do good kind of story travis kelsey may have the nfl playoffs on his mind this weekend but he's still making time for his community the kansas city chiefs tied in helped rebuild a longtime resident gloria white's home after it fell into disrepair i guess travis has a foundation 87 and running and he donated enough money through its organization to rebuilding together the Kansas City organization to fund the repairs needed at this woman's Kansas City home. The uh, guy in charge of the rebuilding together Kansas City uh, area said, we looked at her home and we realized there were lots of other things she needed, not just what she had asked for, a new roof. She needed gutters. She needed safety latches on the door. She needed work in the bathroom and kitchen. And once that Travis and his foundation found out, he donated enough money to cover all of the repair cost. I guess he found out about Miss White's and her house through a former Chiefs player, Otis Taylor, who is married to one of her relatives. So she also just happens to be a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, and her house is filled with memorabilia dedicated to the team, as well as mementos from her own athletic career. I guess she was a uh, barrier-breaking athlete in her youth, becoming the first black cheerleader at her Topeka, Kansas Middle School, and she also competed at the Olympic trials in Abilene, Texas, which is kind of cool. So... 
the Chiefs doing some good, not just on the football field this week. Yeah. Uh, I got a text. I know this is fake. I know this is fake, but apparently something's going around saying that the game in Kansas City is going to be so cold that they've suggested moving it to the Dome here in St. Louis. No, there's no way. There's no way. Mm-mm. Right? I mean, Arrowhead no. Stadium. Right? I, yeah. I heard a report from, or I saw a report from Adam Schefter that said the NFL said uh, we're all good for the games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So they're Two they're thumbs playing up them. from yeah. our heated box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Sam's Club has announced that they are getting rid of the employee that checks your receipt at the door as you walk out of the store. I've always wondered what is the point of that? Well, they check to make sure that you are an actual member, right? They got mad. They said there was an increase in people, you know, taking someone else's membership card and going to Sam's and using it and buying stuff and walking out. Uh, And they also say it's to stop you from just, you know, piling in whatever into the cart after you self-checkout. But aren't you already past all the stuff at that point? Wouldn't you have to go backwards? Well, no. You you know, there's there's so many self-checkout aisles now. You pile a bunch in. Maybe you buy half of it, and then you walk out Uh, with the other half. But they only, like, scan, like, two or three things. Yeah, well, I guess their, their, their idea before was that that was enough to... To catch right. it. Well, if these things, you did pay for these three things, so we're going to take your word for it that you paid for the rest of them. Yeah. Well, they're getting rid of that, Josh. And they announced at uh, CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Showcase, that they're starting a pilot program. One of the stores is in Joplin, Missouri, actually. So maybe somebody will have seen this in action where it's just a camera system that will scan everything in your cart as you walk through it, and it will know. If that matches to the receipt. Isn't that like at the Amazon brick-and-mortar stores? They didn't have any cashiers, checkers. You just kind of walked out kind of the of, store. Yeah, I think it's the same they, thing. They had a video. They I knew thought it was in your basket. I thought you'd have to, like, sit there and wait for the camera to scan. But, no, uh, according to the video they put out, and I don't know, uh, you know how realistic it is, you're just going to walk through. It's going to scan it all as you walk through, and I guess maybe there's a security guard. Standing nearby to see if it sets off an alarm, it'll stop you. But there's not going to be a line waiting for the person to, you know, scan three of the things as you leave Sam's Club anymore. As long as this program goes well, it's in 12 stores right now, uh, and they want to expand it nationwide. Hmm. Do you know, do you remember that story I told you about that guy that would just walk out of the Sam's Club with two boxes of filet? or I think it was the lobsters. And he just nonchalantly took them and walked out of the store with them. He was doing it at several different clubs, and they put an APB out for him. These days, if someone tries to go in and shoplift or steal something, chances are the store has your card on file, will scan your face, and then that guy will get home thinking that he just stole two boxes of lobsters, and not realize that they charged his card, you know, because that's how it that's how it works. If I am a member at Sam's and I grab a box of wine off the shelf and run out the front door, the way that this system is, that's fine. That's how they want you to do it. Well, so you'd still They'll have to, just charge your card. So this system, Josh, you still have to pay first. This is just replacing They want the you to check. ring it up. They okay. want you to ring it up, and then as you go through, oh, this matches what we rung you up for. I think you just put everything in your cart and walk out the front door. 
Well, that's like the Amazon store, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the future. That's what you want. Yeah. No interaction so crazy. anywhere. Yeah, that is probably the future. No baggers. Right. I just take the loose stuff in my cart and throw it loosely in the back of my SUV. Gosh. Drive home. We'll be here before you know it. What's your uh, next story? It's about, speaking of box stores, Sears. Mm. The last Sears in the New York area just closed. There was a, a Sears, believe it or not, in Jersey City at the Newport Center Mall, uh, which is just across the Hudson from New York City, downtown Manhattan, and it just closed after 40 years. Wow. Now, my question was, how many Sears does that leave us with? I have no idea. I don't. Give me a ballpark. Connor, Heidi, I'm ballpark. I'm rolling through my Rolodex right now. Are there any left in St. Louis? Is there nope. still one in St. Louis nope. County? Nope. Nope. Okay. Is it like Blockbuster? Is there one left? There are 12 or so Sears stores left. Are they in one state or they're spread out? They are spread out and they seem to be on the edges, the periphery of the United States. And why are they still around? What's so special about these 12? I don't know. And it doesn't say Braintree, Massachusetts. There's three in Florida. There's one in Puerto Rico, Luis Noya, if he's listening. One in Texas, a couple dotting the California coast, and then one up in Washington State. The funny thing, though, is that two Sears locations just actually reopened. One in Burbank, California, and one in Union Gap, Washington, in the Seattle area. Uh, famously, 20 years ago, this guy, Eddie Lampert, bought Sears uh, and basically ran it into the ground. They still think, I've told you this before, that he didn't, he never intended on buying Sears to run it as a Sears. The real estate that all these stores sat on top of, just the real estate yeah. in New York City and in Brooklyn that these Sears stores were on were worth way more than the stores were actually the, the you know, the craftsman tools inside of them. So he bought it just to sell off the real estate eventually. But there still are 12 Sears stores and they just reopened two. So maybe... Oh, making a comeback, you think? Well, they lost one. So, you know, we're, we're plus minus one for now, okay. at least in this, as far as the story is concerned. But the closest Sears to us, you probably have to go to Florida. Hmm. Interesting. And I wonder how different they are from the last time we stepped in one. Somebody said that the Sears in Washington looks a lot like the Sears that people grew up with hmm. so complete with like the way place you could take a picture oh yeah the photo center uh-huh yeah kind of crazy well one first time flyer got a very special souvenir on a recent family vacation on the way back to newark international airport from cabo san lucas on january 6th kelly levine noticed her five-month-old daughter romy just peering over at the women woman sitting next to them crocheting she said she was just staring at her blatantly and amazed at how fast her hands were moving. That woman and Kelly exchanged a few looks. Eventually, they began talking. She learned that her seatmate, Megan, recognized Kelly because I guess they had been on the same flight on the way down to Mexico. That happens a lot. You see the same people going and the same people coming. Throughout the trip, the two talked a little bit, mostly about the five-month-old, who the whole time just kept eyeing 
what was going on between this woman's hands. It entertained her for hours of the flight, just kind of observing her. She was so kind. She said how good Romy was and how beautiful she was. And while in the air, Kelly and her husband also noticed that she was working just feverishly on this crocheting project. And they never asked her, like, oh, what are you making? But never in a million years did they think she was making something for them. When the plane landed, Kelly says that Megan turned to her and said simply, okay, I'm done, and handed her a yellow knit hat just big enough for Romy, the five-month-old. She said, I couldn't help myself. She's so good. And that was basically the reason. So good, so cute. I just wanted to give her a little something. Turns out she had whipped up and crocheted this beanie for Romy in the last maybe two hours of the flight, unbeknownst to the couple. It was beyond kind and such a shock. Everyone around us stood up and noticed just how beautiful this encounter was with a complete stranger and how unbelievable kind it was of the moment and i guess kelly the mom said going into the trip she was nervous to fly with her daughter for the first time she said she isn't a great flyer herself so she was kind of already had her nerves you know on edge you don't know who you're going to be sitting next to if they're going to be annoyed if you have a baby and the baby acts up if the baby starts to need me or get up and walk on the plane all those things go through your head as a parent And so to have this woman so kind and just out of the kindness of her own heart make her something, just unbelievable. Since the flight, Kelly has shared the special moment on TikTok, and it's now, of course, gone viral. 6.8 million views she posted and hoping to remind people that you never know what the person next to you is going through. Doing something nice for no other reason than just to be nice is something that everyone can use. I guess uh, Megan has a small crocheting business. So, you know, she kind of also said, hey, if you are looking for something, check out this woman who, you know, made something for no other reason than to just be kind. So super sweet story uh, at a time when a mom was already nervous about her baby girl and Look how it turned out. Yeah. Lots of good people in the world. It just so happens that a few of those bad apples tend to get our attention, but not here on the Heidi Glass Show with Josh Gilbert. We try to focus on the positive. Hopefully that's what we'll get on the roads. Let's check back in with Captain Paul Kopsky. Heidi, the latest is a two-vehicle crash on northbound 141 before Manchester Road with the right lane closed. A stalled vehicle on 70 East at Kings Highway. It's blocking the right lane. The signals are on flash on northbound 141 before Manchester Road. 64 West is on the move in front of Forest Park. 270 South is congestion-free from Page down past Manchester. And 55 South is running clear from the city down to South County. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. Well, I want to make sure that not only are we sharing positive stories, but people feel positive vibes about themselves. And if you're a woman in your 40s and 50s, maybe you're struggling in that area. Maybe you've, you know, put on a couple extra pounds and it just won't come off. I mean... It's not necessarily your fault. It could be menopause or perimenopause. And thankfully, we have Dr. Allison Walsh. She is a brilliant doctor, first of all. She is an OBGYN. She still loves delivering babies. But 
in the last couple of years, she's really found her passion to be helping women get back to feeling like themselves again. And that's why she started Women's Lifestyle Solutions, which is a women-focused weight loss and hormone balance practice that quite simply will just get you back to feeling like you again. I mean, that stubborn belly fat, despite eating well and exercising, that is probably due to your hormones changing. So Dr. Walsh can help you with that. Whether you're at full-blown menopause or perimenopausal, she can help. She can also help if you've had a baby recently and you have that stubborn baby fat that just is hanging on. And maybe you are still trying to get pregnant. She can help with infertility. She really knows the genetics of obesity and what is happening with your body. And it it's not a one-size-fit-all kind of thing. She really digs into what's going on with you and helps you manage your appetite and cravings. So if you're in that category, if you just want to feel like you again, go to Women's Lifestyle Solutions. You can actually learn more online, stlwomenslifestylesolutions.com. Again, that's STL women's lifestyle solutions.com you can also google dr allison walsh but i promise you you are going to feel better and feel like yourself again once you sit down with dr walsh let's talk a little entertainment news shall we julia roberts which i really have never given this thought but now that i'm reading it makes sense has never done nudity Now, it's not because she feels a responsibility to set an example. She says, quote, not to be criticizing others' choices, but for me to not take off my clothes in a movie or be vulnerable in a physical way is a choice that I guess I make for myself. She says she's simply choosing not to do something as opposed to choosing to do something. In the interview, she also talked about the one thing she regrets, and that's not going to college. However, she said... It wasn't a choice. She says, quote, my family didn't have the money and I had no scholarship potential. Yeah, she had, what, all those brothers, um, you know, back home. Taught her a lot about cars, though. That's in the movie, not the real (laughs) Julia Roberts. She got fairly close in that movie. It was fairly racy, but yeah, no nudity. Mm -mm. No nudity in the movie about the prostitute. Nope. Emma Stone really wants to be on Jeopardy, not the celebrity version. She wants to be on the main show. She says she applies every June. You can do it once a year. She's never made the cut. She swears she could handle it. She said, I watch it every single night. I mark down how many answers I get right. I can do this, which is kind of funny. They probably think somebody's pranking them or that it's not the real Emma Stone every time they see the quiz come in. This this entrant uh, is named Emma Stone. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be funny if that was the Emma Stone? Right. It actually is. Can we go back to Julie Roberts for just a second? Why does a female actress have to explain herself why she's never done nudity? Well, I don't think she has to explain. I think she's just doing it in this new interview. it's, It's And, you know, I'm all ears, just like anybody else. But a male actor has never put out an interview or a press release or whatever discussing why they've never gone nude. Yeah, because you don't see it much. Uh, Maybe a bare bottom every once in a while. Why are we expecting our female actresses to go nude at some point in their career? I think it's all about the man who's for all these years been making movies. And that's... 
you know, what they feel like other men want to see. But it seems like that's changing. Let's get some men up there. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get some well, men. I think in Saltburn you can, can't you? <laughs> you, you, you? You can, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, what I've uh, read. Yeah, that yeah. was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise may be jetting to the skies again following one massive success of Top Gun Maverick. There's reportedly been some movement at Paramount toward a third installment of the movie franchise. Multiple Maverick stars previously confirmed that there have been talks of a third movie, but ultimately they say it's up to Tom, so... We'll wait and see. Has there ever been a Tom Cruise nude scene that anyone can think of? You're talking about his yeah. bare bottom. Or bare anything. I don't know. I bet I bet the internet knows. Yeah. Um, Hannah Waddingham, you know her from Rebecca as Ted Lasso, has been able to bring a little bit of it home with her. She admitted she was constantly asking to take home her character's wardrobe. Now, she pointed out, this is not stealing, rather lovingly rehomed, and I did ask for everything. She said she really wanted the coat. She she did have great clothes. She ultimately also saved the little army man that Jason Sudeikis Ted gives her character in the second episode. She added that she has my first-class ticket that she takes uh, to get through the airport in the show's third season finale as well as a storyboard from the final scene. Jason revealed that he held on to some of the most iconic items from the show set as well. He said he has the snow globe that Keeley gives Barbara. He has Roy Kent's Chelsea jersey. And he has the original Believe sign. Mm. He also said he has a whole lot of memories, which is cute. This is crazy. And I wish I could say that I'm shocked by this. But I'm not. Fox News suggested that Taylor Swift is a government operative who's trying to get young people to vote Democrat. (laughs) The Pentagon has responded, saying, as for this conspiracy theory, we're going to shake it off. Oh, Ooh. Yep. Wait, now I believe it. (laughs) That is a joke on The Simpsons. They have the Navy has a boy band Mm -hmm. to try to get people to join the Navy. Well, now Fox is jumping on that bandwagon. Kenny Chesney hasn't released a new album since 2020, but that changes this year. There's no word when it's coming out, but he says, quote, I have to figure out which of the songs makes this record, what or why we're holding some of these recordings for, and what's the best collection of songs we can give No Shoes Nation. If you're looking for something to watch The streaming debut of Killers of the Flower Moon, the, of course, Native American tragedy starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, is now streaming on Apple+. Plus. Connor, you're the only one who's seen it, right? Was it it worth it? Uh, I'm sorry, seen Killers Killers of the Flower Moon. Moon. It's it's worth it. It's long. It is long. I mean, Oppenheimer was long, but nobody seems to have a problem with the length of Oppenheimer. Well, I think it's even longer than Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought Oppenheimer was kind of long too. I, that was my, that was my main complaint. Oppenheimer could be cut by about thirty minutes yeah. and it not. It could. Change I watched a thing. it in two pieces. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So yeah. I didn't. I didn't get the effect. Yeah. But Killers of the Flower Moon is by the it way, worth watching. Somebody Tom. pointed out, born on the Fourth of July, Tom Cruise does. Uh, and Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. I don't think you can see everything, but you probably see his butt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's a story that says that in all the right moves, if you freeze frame it, you can see some nudity. But Tom Cruise stood up for Leah Thompson and said it was, she was supposed to be topless yeah. in, a, in a scene. And he stood up and said, is that necessary? Mm-hmm. And saved her from having to go topless. Yeah. So good for Tom Cruise. Lots of football to watch tomorrow on NBC and Peacock. Houston, Texas hosts the Cleveland Browns. Then tomorrow night, just on Peacock. The NFL wildcard game, Kansas City Chiefs host the Miami Dolphins. Sunday on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. So, wait, 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 wait. Tomorrow night is Heidi versus Max, because Max is a big Dolphins yeah. guy. And then Sunday night is Connor versus Josh. With the... <laughs> uh, Lions versus the Lions Rams. Rams. Oh, Sunday on, yeah, NBC and Peacock. Yeah. Detroit Lions, Rams. But before that, on Sunday, you've got the Buffalo Bills hosting the Steelers. And on Fox, Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. So lots of football. I think there's also football Monday night, isn't there? There's a Monday night game. Eagles. Eagles, Buccaneers. All right. Eagles, Bucks. Are you going to watch that or are you going to watch the Emmys? Well, I'll probably flip back and forth or have two different TVs on. Now, if you want something other than football, as you mentioned, the Emmys are on Monday night, but also on Sunday night, True Detective, which stars Jodie Foster this season, is on HBO. So you have a couple of options there. And finally, just a couple of birthdays worth mentioning today. Jeff Bezos is 60, and Howard Stern is the big 7-0. That's your Whoa. evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. I mean, 60 and 70, and they look pretty good. They're probably... Getting to the gym a couple times a week. And uh, if you're looking to start a new routine or maybe just up your game a little bit, I got to tell you, club fitness is really the ultimate fitness experience because it doesn't pigeonhole you into one thing. I mean, club fitness has so many options. You've got the burn zone. You've got group exercise. I mean, more than 400 classes a week to choose from you've also got personal training if you want one-on-one you've got the women's training studio you've got the cycle studio but then you also have and i think this is what makes it the ultimate fitness experience you've got the rest and recovery areas you've got the dry saunas red light therapy is huge i'm seeing that that is kind of the new thing for 2024 and i mean it's been at club fitness for the last couple of years, you've also got the kids club and the smoothie bar. So really, you've got a little bit of everything. And since there are 19 clubs in the St. Louis area, each one open 24-7, really takes away your excuses. You can get there whenever you want and work out any way you want Club Fitness, the ultimate fitness experience. You can learn more about the different levels of memberships. Find one near you. Just go to clubfitness.us. All right, time to wrap this show up with a couple randoms. Got anything good? Jello created four flavors to use in salads in the 1960s. Celery, Italian salad, mixed vegetable, and seasoned tomato. These are jellos. But they all flopped and were discontinued. But when yeah. they when they talk about Jello salads, they were making savory Jellos 
in the 60s. My grandma yeah. always made a jello salad, and I don't think anybody was ever... Was it lime? Ate. Yes. Yep. Oh. It's, I was going to say, in some parts of the country, a salad is just lime jello. Yeah. With cat food in it, right? No. Wow. Cat food. But wasn't that... Was that I think there's vacation? little fruit chunks in there. Christmas vacation. Uh, and in the Canadian Football League's championship game, they give out an MVP award to the best player, but they also give out a second most valuable Canadian award for the best player who's actually from Canada. All right. Well, with that, we say, one, thanks for hanging out with us on this cold, dreary Friday Two, I hope you have a three-day weekend. We do here to celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King. We'll be back on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face. It's your money.